the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Hey, welcome aboard. It's the first time you heard the show. Basically, we, you know, talk about estate planning and elder law, and the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. So, as you know, we usually start the show with one of our attorneys and, you know, our most frequent guest is Nicole Donnelly. And Nicole, what comments do you have as far as estate planning today? So when thinking about the proverbial when estate planning goes wrong, something comes to mind and it's a situation that we recently encountered. When you lie to your attorney, I know most of you may see how that could go very wrong when lying to your estate planning attorney, but some people just don't see it. So, Mr. Connors, please tell the listeners how estate planning can go very, very wrong when doing, for example, Medicaid planning and you lie to your attorney. Well, the problem with that is, let's say you we, we do a Medicaid application saying how much the parents, we're going to say in this case the parents, have in assets and somebody lies to us. And then Medicaid does a search later on, and they have computer programs, and they share information with the IRS. Uh, all of a sudden, you say, "Wait, wait a minute! We were—I thought we were eligible for Medicaid, but there was a hundred grand that was not reported. It was taken out a year ago, and thought you could get away with it. That can cause a major problem. We may have to—we would, you know, if we reported the hundred thousand correctly, we might have been able to come up with a plan to either spend it, give some of it away legally." And to work on it, but then if we don't know about it, and they find out about the hundred grand after you've been on Medicaid, well, then basically you owe the hundred grand to Medicaid. So, and we could easily lose fifty or sixty thousand dollars that we could have saved, if if not better, if we had an old house, we can spend money on the house. If we had kids going to college, we could have spent money on, on college tuition. Uh, we could have bought a car. 
you know, so it's usually whatever you tell us is privileged, but obviously we're better off if we have the right plan based on the truth. And of course, estate planning, this is one of the things that can really hurt. Sometimes somebody doesn't tell us about all their assets for whatever reason. Maybe they're mistaken. Maybe they think some piece of property is less valued. And based on the withheld information, we could do the wrong estate plan. You know, let's say for the sake of argument, a, a couple has $7 million in assets instead of six. And I'm simplifying it a little bit. And, you know, but let's say we, we got a husband and wife. They tell us they have $6 million in assets. And I know values goes up and you have to take that into account. But let's say for the sake of argument, we're not told some assets. And when the surviving parent dies, they have a $7 million estate in New York. Well, then the kids are going to have to pay $700,000 in taxes. And that hurts because with a little bit of planning, we could have put, you know, a couple of million dollars in the first parent that dies estate and gotten the whole thing out tax-free. We could have gotten $13 million out tax-free if we planned it right. But we can't always plan it right if we don't have the right information. If we don't know about a million-dollar life insurance policy, and, and some people forget about that because they figure, well, a life insurance policy, that's not taxable. Well, as far as estate death taxes go, if you own a life insurance policy, that policy is taxable to your estate. I don't care what the insurance salesman told you. It's not subject to income tax. If you're under $6.5 million and you're single in New York, it's not subject to estate tax, but it is if your estate is worth more than $6.5 million. And, of course, if it's payable to a spouse, it's not taxable. But some, if, let's say, the spouse dies first, then we've got that million-dollar policy that throws us, let's say, from $6 million to $7 million then the children are going to pay $700,000 in taxes. And with a little bit of planning, maybe we would have done a trust for that insurance policy and we would have gotten it out tax-free. So that's an example. That's one example right there. A million-dollar life insurance policy we didn't know about could cost the kids easily you know, $700,000 in taxes if you're a New York State resident. And what about if people aren't trying to intentionally lie? But sometimes we ask questions like, what about annuities or IRAs? And they'll say, no, well, those are retirement. And we ask, are you sure? Is it a non-qualified annuity? Is it a Roth IRA? Why is it so important for people to check the statements and make sure that what they're telling us is correct in that? Well, because a, a qualified plan, which means a retirement plan, whether um, it's a traditional IRA, a 401k, 403b, rollover of, let's say, an IRA, those plans, the principal are protected from medical bills, nursing home bills. And then we don't have to worry them as if our plan is basically to protect against medical bills, nursing home bills. On the other hand, if it's an annuity that you took $100,000 out of the bank and you bought that annuity for $100,000, that's an asset. And that is part of your, you know, the example we just gave about you put in a Medicaid application and you don't put the annuity in there and then Medicaid finds out about it later, well, then we got a problem. We could lose the annuity. And, and a lot of times the misinformation comes, you know, they're salesmen who sell the annuities, who sell the insurance policies, and they're not lawyers, and they're trying to sell a product, and they don't always give the client the full truth of it. And they say, well, it's annuity. Nobody can touch this. That's not necessarily true. By touching it, it will make you ineligible for Medicaid, and if you do apply for Medicaid and you applied for Medicaid, whether it was innocent or not, under fraudulent conditions, well, we could lose those assets. So 
obviously the usually I shouldn't say usually always the best policy is to be honest to put everything down to try to deal with the circumstances best we can and make up a plan with the assets that we know about and you know go from there usually the you know obviously the the best plan is honesty I mean listen you have a hundred thousand dollars in your safe deposit box you don't tell anybody you pass away it's part of your estate you get need a court order to open up the box and then whoever finds out there's a hundred thousand dollars in the box and you could have a problem depending on the circumstances and that's not even talking about you may spark you know a potential audit it's it's not illegal to have cash you know in your safe deposit box some people think it is it's not but it will be someday. I, I don't. Some bankers tell me the systems are always in place that we can go to a cashless society. What if it's not cash? But what if in your safe deposit box you've got jewelry? Well, jewelry is not a problem for Medicaid because jewelry is not an asset. Personal items are not an asset for Medicaid. The IRS, if they audit it, if they or New York State, if they audit you, yes, the jewelry has a value and can be subject to tax. That usually has not been a serious problem because, you know, the first $6.5 million is tax-free in New York State. Jewelry very rarely is, is going to throw you over the top. It might in some circumstances. And listen, you can give away jewelry. You know, let's say you got a husband and wife. They can give $17,000 away of jewelry each, each calendar year to each person. So ordinarily we can get rid of the jewelry legally. You know, if you got $30,000 worth of jewelry, and you got a husband and wife, they can give 17000 to their, let's say, daughter, and the husband gives seventeen, the wife can give seventeen. we give $34,000 of jewelry and get it out of the estate, you know, completely tax-free. So usually we can, yes, jewelry we can deal with, you know, fairly easily and get it out legally and, and tax-free. If it ends up in a safe deposit box, it may be taxed, but again, the estate has to be under or over $6.5 million in New York State for that to to happen. So I'm I'm usually not too worried about jewelry. And I hate to say it, but a lot of times jewelry disappears, you know, in the later stages of a person's life. You know, ninety year old people some never seem to have jewelry. It disappears. Either it by the circumstances they gave it away, home attendants take things occasionally, somebody else might take things. And usually people who are ninety years old don't have a lot of jewelry. It's it's either given away or taken or stolen. You know, before they reach, let's say, their, you know, the time of death. So, uh, I'm I'm not that worried about jewelry. And what do you say to the people that come in and say, "Well, I'm completely protected from Medicaid because I have a trust." There's some type of misconception out there that just the formation of a trust alone is protecting the people from Medicaid and protecting all their assets. And then, you know, we come to find out that maybe the only the house was moved into trust and then they have all their bank accounts in their names alone. How important is it to make sure the trust gets funded properly and the intention of protecting the assets, all those assets that you want to protect, make it into the trust? Yeah, well, that's, you know, sometimes people buy these kits and we've talked about these kits before. You know, they're like 1,000 pages of, I don't know what you call it, misinformation, contrary information, or whatever. And you can't really understand what those kits say because the language in them is contradictory. Some people think, yeah, they buy this kit that's called a trust and everything's fine. Let's say you own a house. If you don't change the deed of the house into the trust, you've accomplished nothing. You have to change the deed. You have to change title into the name of the trust if you're going to put that asset, put that 
let's say, property into a trust. There are a lot of people who die. They buy a trust kit, and they have a trust in their name alone when they die. That property is not protected. We'll go through probate, you know, whatever delays they have, depending on the circumstance. If you have two kids, you get along, it may be a slight delay. If you have cousins all over the world, it may take forever before you can get through probate. Um, you want to avoid probate because when you, you go through probate, every person who's your next of kin by law receives a copy of your will and is entitled to file objections to contest the will. And you may say, well, that's not a problem. I don't have any relatives. Well, it is a problem because then they try to find your cousins that are alive. And if they can't find them, you know, they publish in newspapers and a court-appointed lawyer represents the unknowns. And it, again, it could take years and you never know how long it's going to take depending on the circumstances. In a lot of cases, what you might happen is the people that eventually intended to get the property, they may not get the property, but their heirs, you know, may get their property. So uh, you don't want to go through probate. You don't want to go through a court proceeding. And if you don't transfer the deed into a trust, you ain't accomplishing that as far as the house is concerned. And the same thing, you know, there's, there are a lot of people that, you know, they put their house in a trust, which that's the goal of a lot of people, get their house in a trust. But then they have $100,000 in an investment account uh, with an IRA, let's say, and they have their deceased spouse as beneficiary, and there's no alternate contingent beneficiaries. Well, in that case, you know, that account's going to go through probate. And yeah, maybe you got 90% of your estate taken care of, but you got a $100,000 brokerage account without beneficiaries. And again, usually it's not without beneficiaries. You have, you know, your spouse, maybe your deceased mother or father as beneficiaries. That happens more than a few times. And it can cause a problem. It, to avoid probate, when you pass away, every asset that's in your name alone has to have a beneficiary or be joint or be in a trust. It's not that hard. The more assets you have, yes, it becomes a little bit harder to protect everything. But every asset you have has to be either in a trust, have a beneficiary, whether it's transfer on death, payable on death, and trust for, uh, whether it's joint, joint tenants with right of survivorship, um, it, it has to be taken care of. And I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Let's say you have a stock certificate to a co-op. If you have a stock certificate to a co-op and you bought the stock certificate, I think, before 1994, and you just said you, the two names of the husband and wife didn't indicate uh, tenancy by the entirety or joint tenants with right of survivorship, that co-op goes through probate. And a lot of people, it's slipping through the cracks right now because there are not that many people who bought a co-op before 1994 but it does happen and if we just we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago if you have a co-op and you have a stock certificate and the stock certificate just has your name and your spouse's name ask the co-op board to put in their records that the stock certificate is held joint tenants with right of survivorship between the two of you because that can cause a problem with going to court you know like even husband and wife just because you're married 30, 40 years, not everything automatically goes to the other one. So let's say you have a husband and wife. They bought the co-op together. They didn't put joint tenants with right of survivorship. They bought the co-op before 1994. And let's say the husband dies and he has kids from a prior marriage. Maybe they don't have a will because they didn't think they needed a will because everything they own is joint. Well, then the wife wants to sell the co-op, and then she finds out that the husband's children from the first marriage own half the co-op. And that 
may cause a problem. And those kids may try to force a sale of that co-op, you know, and throw, you know, the old missus out on the street, you know. <laughs> and those things happen. And listen, I've seen it even where the, the kids were the, you know, the, the children of the wife. And they wanted to throw, you know, the old lady out on the street. So, you know, you, you never know. You got to be prepared for these things. You got to plan. And when you're making up your plans, you got to expect the worst and plan for the worst. And then we go from there and hope for the best. Plan for the worst, hope for the best. I guess we're going to be taking a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You listen to Ask the Lawyer with me. Mike Connors now accompanied by Nicole Donnelly. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connor, still accompanied by Nicole Donnelly, and my son Michael and my wife Beth. Hello, everyone. And for those of you who care, Otto's floating around here somewhere, but he's keeping quiet. Uh, Nicole, we were just talking about estate planning gone bad. So you got another example for us? 
Mr. Connors, we've been seeing it a lot, and I think you are the perfect person to tell the people how estate planning goes wrong when they don't consider all the issues involved in doing estate planning. And for what I mean by all the issues is, I know we say estate planning isn't necessarily rocket science, but when we here at Connors and Sullivan do it, we're thinking about avoiding probate, qualifying for Medicaid, and paying the least amount of taxes. So tell the people what happens when you just go off and focus on one of those three and not all of those three. Well, for the sake of argument, let's say we had a client that, you know, they they did a trust when the taxes in New York were and the federal government was roughly about two million dollars. And now they know that in New York state, there's no estate death tax under six point five million. So we don't need the trust anymore, do we? Well, that that's not true because we still want the trust to avoid probate. Yeah, if you talk to your accountant, you might say, hey, you don't need the, the trust to save on taxes. But your house is in a trust. You don't want your house to go through probate. I mean, and probate, people ask me this all the time. What is probate? Basically, it's condensed from the Latin probate to prove, and it's to prove the will. A will does not transfer assets automatically. A will has to go to court. And... Things can go wrong. One, somebody could tamper with the will, take the staples out of the will. Somebody can write on a will. Um, Somebody might tear a page out of a will. All those things would cause enormous delays in court. You know, just simple things. Somebody took the staples out of a will to make photocopies could cause a six-month delay. And let's say you got two children. Two children left the house. No problems in the family. Everybody has the same lawyer. They all consent. You put the will into court. The will says, I leave the house to my two children, two equal shares. And you got a buyer and you're ready to close. And six months later, you may not get the will through probate. Why? Court delays. COVID, we had delays that lasted, you know, over two years. Um, you know, but, it, but again, something stupid happened. Somebody made a copy of the will after death and took the staples out. Well, there might be a, you have to explain that. You have to explain that. And, and, you know, the explanation is not always that easy. You know, it's not like you just say it and it's done. You got to explain it. You get affidavits. It's got to be reviewed. It goes up and down the flagpole, so to speak. People in the courthouse take a look at it. Surrogates court. And, you know, a, a simple thing like that could cause a six-month delay, which means, let's say you got a mortgage on your house. You're paying the mortgage on the house for each month, and it starts to hurt. What really started to hurt with me, let's say in COVID, were those cases where, let's say, we had a um, a co-op and we had a mortgage on the co-op and we had maintenance on the co-op. And before you know it, the equity in the co-op starts to dwindle to next to nothing, the combination of the maintenance and the mortgage. Now, usually if you ha- have a house in New York City, there's going to be enough equity that it's still worth going ahead. But there were people with co-ops, $500,000 co-op. $200,000 mortgage, maintenance not paid before you know it. There's almost not enough equity in it. When you go past two years, there's almost not enough equity in it to worth closing on it. So you don't want your children, you know, to go through court to sell your own house. And that's one reason you would keep the trust, even if you're not there for taxes anymore. And of course, at the same time, the assets in the trust, you know, capital gains are wiped out by death. So you know, there's no test tax in New York right now under 6.5 million. Capital gains are wiped out by death. And 
you know, you just don't get rid of a trust because one reason you did it happens not to be there anymore. And, and of course, that's the problem. You know, sometimes you go on an accountant, he looks at the, the trust and says, well, you don't need this trust anymore to save on taxes. And then sometimes somebody else will say, well, you don't need it to avoid probate because you got an only child. Nobody's going to contest the will. But you got to look at all the circumstances from every point of view. And, yeah, the trust avoids probate. It saves on taxes. If maybe you're under the rate, you don't need to save on taxes. It wipes out capital gains taxes when we're gone. And it protects, in a lot of cases, it protects the assets from nursing home bills and lawsuits, especially your residents. So there are a lot of reasons you do a trust. And you, if one of them disappears, that doesn't mean that the, you know, the other reasons disappear. You know, a lot of times, like people, when we do an irrevocable trust, it takes five years to protect an asset from nursing home bills because there's what we call a five-year look-back period. You have to document all your transactions for five years prior to your application for benefits. Now, a lot of times we do an irrevocable trust and, you know, we sign, let's say, in July. August is month number one on the five-year clock and we basically were soon at four years and 11 months. Um, and a lot of people, when they start talking about the trust, well, it takes five years to be effective. No, the trust is effective right away. If you pass away within the five years, the house goes out tax-free to your heirs. You know, so a lot of people say to me, well, I got to live five years for this to be effective. No, you don't have to live five. You can die whenever you want. That's not a problem. You just, it takes five years to fully protect the asset from nursing home bills. And a lot of people say, I'm not going to live five years. Um, and I see a lot of 80-year-old people say, I'm not going to live five years. And they come back when they're 95 to change the will to add the latest great-great-grandchild or whatever born to the family. So you got to, you got to plan Ben Franklin, I said, you know, said a few hundred years ago, you got to plan to live to be 99. You got to pray as if you're going to die tomorrow. But as far as estate planning, I think you do have to figure it out and try to figure it out that you're going to live to be 99. So that's one thing. Just because you do a trust for one reason doesn't mean you don't do a trust for another reason. And, you know, again, sometimes you go to an accountant and he says, you don't need a trust because there's no death tax in New York under $6.5 million. A real estate lawyer says you don't need a trust, just deed the house over to your kids, and then the kids pay an enormous amount in capital gains taxes, assuming they don't live in the house. So that's what we're trying to do at Connors & Sullivan. We're trying to look at the whole picture. We want to save on the capital gains tax. We want to save on the state death taxes. We want to avoid probate. We want to protect the assets from nursing home bills, and we want it to be as easy as possible for your children after you're gone. And a trust agreement, if you own real estate, really does handle a lot of those things. And, you know, people ask all the time, they have in their mind that there are all these restrictions on trusts. Pretty much we can do whatever we want in a trust. If you say, I want to do this in my trust, I want to do that in my trust. Yes, we can do it in the trust. It's a very flexible document. We can write a trust to meet your wishes. 90% of the trust we do, I leave the house to my son and my daughter. If my son dies before me or before the sale of the house, maybe in some cases, his share of the house goes to my grandchildren, his children, not the daughter-in-law. Trust was established to keep assets within the family line. So if, if you want to schedule an appointment with us at Connors & Sullivan, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, and we can talk it over. 
We're going to take another short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. I'm in a good place in my life. And I'm energized by new adventures. I've got friends to laugh with. And a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable, I sometimes wonder, is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Again, this show, we're, you know, pretty much focused on estate planning. And Nicole Donnelly is back. And you had another comment to make, Nicole. What's that? We get this this comment a lot, and I don't even think people know what the relationship between the two are. So I think there's nobody better than you to explain what's best, an LLC or a trust? And is that really a real question of best? Don't they do different things? Yeah, that you know, that, that's like the same question sometimes, what's better, a will or a trust? And, you know, what's better, an LLC or a trust? Well, they're not opposed to each other. They can work together. If you have an investment property, a rental property, uh, it's, it's not a bad idea. In fact, it's a good idea to put that, that property into a, a trust agreement uh, and also put it into an LLC. What's an LLC? It's kind of like a corporation, uh, it, except there are more tax advantage to an LLC than a corporation. If you did a corporation years ago and that was the only choice that you had, you're kind of stuck with it. Although if you have a C corporation, you can eventually change it to an S corporation, which is more beneficial tax-wise. And if you have a question about that, you can give us a call on, uh, to one of our accountants. But an LLC, limited liability company, if you put, let's say, your investment property in the LLC, it protects that property from lawsuits that may come from different angles, also from pretty much really from inside or outside. But let's say you have a fire in the building. A child gets seriously injured in the fire. He's got a lawsuit against you that says the electrical wiring was poor, you didn't maintain it properly. And I mean, in today's world, you know, a jury's going to feel sorry for the kid and give the kid a billion dollars and you could lose all your assets. If the property's in an LLC, the worst they can do is take the assets within the LLC. They can't touch your other assets, like, for instance, your home or whatever. So there is asset protection. Also, if somebody sues an LLC and if you have different owners, it's very hard to enforce a judgment against an LLC. Um, if, if they're different owners and so forth. So there's asset protection from both points of view. A limited liability company 
you own it, you have to do an extra tax filing on the uh, on the property. But usually it's pretty flexible and you can be taxed as individual owners or as partners or whatever. You can be taxed as a business entity, as a corporation, if you want to. There's some flexibility and there's not a right answer for everybody. And one of the things about an LLC, though, the shares or the ownership of the LLC can be owned by a trust. So you avoid probate on the LLC after you're gone. So that when you're gone, you own an investment property. It's in an LLC. The managing agent of the LLC, let's say, would be you for your lifetime. The alternate managing agent would be the trust, D of your trust. And they can sell that property, mortgage it, do whatever, a few days after you're gone with a death certificate. So if it works in combination, uh, it can avoid probate and protect it from lawsuits. Now, another tool sometimes we use is an irrevocable trust to protect some of those assets from lawsuits and things like that. An irrevocable trust, it's very hard to sue because in you have two beneficiaries. You have the lifetime beneficiary, ordinarily the parent, who's entitled to all the income while the parent is alive. After the parent got, dies, it automatically goes to the children. And, you know, so if there's a lawsuit on there, well... While the parent is alive, the parent's responsible for running the building. But when the parent dies, the interest in the trust disappears and it goes to the children. And that's very hard to attach. And I just want to, you know, mention the the lawyers who sue on these type of cases, they don't want to be chasing down different ownership interests. They don't want to try to foreclose on your building. They want a, a settlement check from an insurance company which we don't sell insurance, but one thing I recommend to every client who's in one of these situations, if you can afford an umbrella policy, get an umbrella policy. I think it's one of the best deals that you can get in insurance. An umbrella policy basically tries to cover everything, the idea, hence the umbrella. So if you get involved in a car accident, you got an extra policy to protect you. Because again, the lawyers that sue, they're trying to track down money for their clients. They want to check from an insurance company that they can cash. They don't want to have to put a lien on your house and wait for you to die to foreclose on that lien. And then meanwhile, the, the, the lien may expire and a hundred other things may happen. They want a check from an insurance company. And if you know you, you have an umbrella policy, that is your number one number one line of defense. An umbrella policy, you have good insurance, you have the insurance company willing to back you up. They'll write a check if something goes wrong. And insurance company lawyers that work for the you know defendants, they do a pretty good job of defending you and protecting your interests. So, again, if you can afford umbrella policy, and it's not as expensive as you might think, if you can afford umbrella policy, get an umbrella policy, and that gives you the most protection. You know, more than the LLC, more than trust is when you're talking about lawsuits. Again, if you want to wear belt and suspenders, have an umbrella policy, have an LLC, have a trust, and then we protect you from every which way but loose. And again, the umbrella policy won't protect you against going going to a nursing home. That's where long-term care insurance comes into play. And that long-term care insurance can be a very expensive policy. So that's where you may, if you can't afford a long-term care policy, and if you're over 70, that policy might easily cost you ten, twelve thousand dollars a year, and of course, if you're married, that's ten, twelve thousand dollars a year for husband, ten thousand, twelve thousand dollars a year for wife, and 
you know, obviously it can get expensive if you're on a fixed income, you're on your Social Security check. So, again, there's no one right answer ahead of us. But if you come in, we talk it over, maybe we can give you a plan based on your needs. But if you own an investment property, think about an LLC and have the LLC owned by a trust to avoid probate. Uh, Nicole, anything else as far as estate planning that came on to your mind in the last week? So we got a lot of people sticking to the topic with the LLCs that say, oh, no, the LLC isn't going to go through probate because I'm on the bank account joint with my mother or joint with my father. So I'll have access to the monies. But then again, the LLC owns a property and the ownership documents for that LLC with the ability to, you know, sign up for them on the Internet, kind of get filled out however which way people think is best. So what do you say to people like that who say they avoid probate because they're on the bank account for the LLC? Is that true? Well, it would depend what those bank accounts, what that said. I mean, did the I, I, I the, the thing is about those gets whatever. If you just buy it online, it's hard to say what it is. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I think almost anybody can do is buy a kit online, you know, like, and nobody fills it out who knows what they're doing. And even some of the attorneys who sell those kits don't know really the inside of those kits because I've read some of the trusts that are in in these kits that you buy online or whatever. And there's so much contradictory language in there that nobody can make heads or tails on it, not because you can understand the one paragraph that's in front of you, but a paragraph on page three contradicts a paragraph on page 10, which in further is contradicted by a paragraph on page 15. And it's it's like those kits in a lot of cases, nobody ever, you know, really read the thing or understands what's in it. And I don't know. I know you're a big fan of TikTok, but some of the ads I've seen on TikTok are truly scary to me. A lot of the things we've seen on TikTok, we pretty much debunk the myths. And that's uh, what my next series that I'm going to propose is going to be. So you guys should call in and tell Mr. Connors, Mrs. Connors and Mikey that we should pursue this segment because it's mind blowing what's going around on the Internet. That is just simply not true. It's not true by any standards that we've seen in the 40 years that you've been practicing because I bring them to you all the time and you just laugh at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I saw one where it says you put your assets in a trust and you don't have to pay income taxes or any type of taxes. And you don't have to pay any of your creditors or any of your bills just by doing a trust. And I mean, I don't know what or possibly how that could work, but I can't imagine that it can work. Life is not as easy as you want it to be. Now, listen, with good planning, you can accomplish a lot of things. And, you know, good planning, we can get results sometimes that people can't believe. But. It's got to be done right. The IRS is not going to let you not pay income tax just because you you wave your hand or something and say, oh, uh, it's a trust. I don't own it anymore, so I don't own the income tax. But the trust doesn't own anything, but it does own something. It's not going to pay income tax on it. Somebody's got to pay the income tax. We're not trying to we're not trying to take away things from the IRS. I mean, we want to minimize our taxes, but at the same time, we do want to pay you know, what's due on income taxes. Nobody wants to commit tax fraud. Nobody wants to have the IRS on you. But, you know, who knows what? I guess if it's Hunter Biden, you don't care. You can commit tax fraud and <laughs> so, get away with it for the most part. So, so what you're if, saying if is. Your name's not Biden. Maybe see and give us a call and we'll talk about it. 
So basically what you're saying is if you're trying to commit tax fraud, please don't come to Connors and Sullivan because we're not going to help you. So if the only information you have is the TikToker that you saw that says you can avoid all taxes for the whole, you know, stand of your life, then we're not the ones for you. Find the TikToker who told you that. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is too true. But at the same time, a lot of people come into our office and say, hey, you can put your house in a trust, protect it from medical bills, go out tax free. You know, husband and wife up to $13 million in New York, $12.9 million for a single person federally. You can get all these assets out tax free. Your children don't have to go to court. Sometimes they think that's too good to be true. But again, if you plan things right, it can be planned in such a way that we can accomplish a lot of these goals and at least take advantage, full advantage of the laws that are there for you to take advantage of. I mean, it's Supreme Court decision that, you know, we want to pay the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally. No citizen has a duty to pay more tax than he's bound to pay legally. That's Supreme Court decision, learn at hand, you know, 100 years ago or whatever. So, And I'm going to take it one step further and, you know, maybe ask a question that I shouldn't be asking, but you guys already know me. That's what I do. <laughs> so I had somebody who came in the other day and kind of said to me, you know, only people who have nothing get Medicaid. And that hasn't been our experience. So if you want to put it loosely percentage wise, what is the percentage of people, despite the assets that we can pretty much say with certainty, will get Medicaid for the most part? Well, as long as you're disabled and you genuinely need the care, uh, you can get Medicaid in New York within a few months. Now, we may have to put some of your assets in a trust or give some of the assets away, depending on the circumstances. But virtually anybody in the, in the middle class who's disabled or over 65 can get Medicaid in the near future. Now, we don't want to go on Medicaid if you're over 65 and you have no needs. But let's say if you're over 65 disabled, you know, you need a home attendant. You know, we can get you on home care Medicaid within a few months. How many hours you get depends what your doctor says, depends what the circumstances are, where you live, what part of the state you live in. But almost anybody can get on home care Medicaid within a few months in New York, community Medicaid. And again, you know, talk over the situation if you want to do that. But, you know, people say, well, I can't get on Medicaid. I have $100,000 in the bank. I can't get on Medicaid. I have $4,000 a month pension and Social Security. Believe me, if you're disabled, we can get you on Medicaid in New York. Now, I got to warn you, this rule is going to change April 1st next year. So basically, we're talking about nine months from now, the law is going to change. So if you have a relative that needs home care at home, they're over 65, they are disabled, come in, we'll talk it over. Because April 1st sounds like it's a long way away, but it's really not that far away. And if you put the application in on April 1st next year, we may be looking at a 30-month look-back period, which means you may have to wait 30 months to make the same application for benefits. So again, you got to know what you're doing if you're in these areas. And if you want to give us a call at Connors & Sullivan, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We're going to take a short break. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? 
These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, now accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hey, everybody. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. All right, so now we're in the weekend after the 4th of July. Beth, you had a comment on the 4th of July? We had the best time. Oh, my goodness. I don't know who is in charge of the fireworks around here now, but Bay Ridge has the most beautiful, best fireworks, and we could see them right outside our house. So Michael was taking pictures, but that wasn't the best thing Michael did. Michael is becoming a chef, and he made the best steaks Thank you so much. That was, I haven't had a nice filet like that for a very long time. So very, very good. I hope everybody else had a good time because the 4th of July is just a time for celebration. It is not sad. It's happy. So many of the other ones, you know, we're thinking about the soldiers and everything, and it's just very sad. But this is just a hooray moment. Hooray. Happy 4th of July. No more kings and they're not a part of us anymore. And we get to be individuals and take care of ourselves. And I know that's kind of being lost these days. But, you know, if we get hungry, we go outside and we shoot us something to eat. Grow our own food. I know I'm from the country. I don't know, Mikey, what do you think? Wasn't Bay Ridge nice? No, it was, a, it was a very nice time. But, you know, speaking of things slipping away from us, some things being lost, but some things maybe being restored. What about the court cases that came up recently, Dad? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's not exactly my field, but, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I never really did understand how Joe Biden can unilaterally forgive all those student loans. Um but obviously he can't, or at least the court said he can't. So that gives him another campaign issue to run on this upcoming election, you know, try to get Democrats elected so that they legislate legislatively will get rid of the student loans. Affirmative action, it's an interesting case. I don't think it's going to matter much because – um. College admissions, they can do take a lot of things, which probably they should have done at the beginning, but they can take a lot of factors into play, you know, like deprived um, conditions at home, lower middle class background, poor background. Um, when, when I don't think you ever really needed affirmative action in and of itself because there's so many other ways you can give preferences, you know, to, to, to people, you know, and of course – the question of diversity comes up as how is it going to affect the Asian community, which has been like on the short end of the stick. 
on a lot of these issues because they're, you know, like white people get in, African-American people get in, brown people get in. But Asians don't get in according to their skills and abilities, and they've been put like on the the back burner. So I don't know if this is going to help any, but we'll see. Well, but uh, that's, I mean, that is a, a huge point because you hope that the people that get into the the good, the best schools are there so they can work hard. And, um, I mean, I don't know what anybody thinks, but, you know, the, the school like Stuyvesant, um, Brooklyn Tech, if they, if they're in, if if they don't get the the kids that work the hardest and do the best i mean their standards are lowered but the, and that that's the problem that's already been been seen you know standards are being lowered so how do you make the balance um you still have to have the brightest people and um it is a it's a it's been a mess because the standards were taken away I mean, so many of the universities now aren't using standardized tests. You know, they want to take them away from the the top um, high schools around the country. I mean, what do you think about the standardized tests? No, I mean, I believe in the standardized tests because everything else is too subjective. But, you know, our opinion doesn't count for much in today's world. But meanwhile, let's get back to business and try to sell Connors and Sullivan a little bit. Um, you know, we do have a couple of new offices now. So, Michael, what are our addresses? Give the addresses for all the offices. Okay, well, our office right here in Brooklyn is is 7408 Fifth Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York. Our Staten Island office is 513 Davis Avenue in Staten Island, New York. That's which a is new off Forest Avenue. The middle we have two offices in Queens. One is in Middle Village, that's seventy nine forty three Metropolitan Avenue, Middle Village, and our Bayside office is forty two forty Bell Boulevard, Suite six zero four. That's another new office. And finally, our Manhattan office is one ten East Fifty Ninth Street, twenty third floor in New York, New York. Okay, now again, if you have somebody in, in your family who doesn't speak English, there are more than a few languages that we you know speak in the office and nicole who was on the show earlier enough even with her brooklyn accent does speak spanish so but that's one language spanish and michael what are the other ones all right well going down the list our languages are english spanish italian greek russian ukrainian polish romanian mandarin cantonese fusionese tagalog and hindi I think that's pretty impressive. I know we're an immigrant firm, and that's nice, too. What do you mean by we're an immigrant firm? We have people from all over the place. You, these aren't people that, you know, decided to study Ukrainian or Russian or something in university. They're from there. They're from all over the place. We've got people, you know, Taglock, if you know what that is. This people, We've got our attorney from the Philippines, for crying out loud. You know, they're not, they didn't, oh, well, I got my Russian. I learned how to speak Russian in, in wherever. No, they're native speakers. They grew up as children speaking. We have people from Russia, Belarus, Ukraine. Um, now, this is... We're the real deal. 
We got people from all over China. You know, we're cool. Okay, in any event, if you'd like to schedule an appointment with us, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And again, most most of our clients, their main focus is like, how can I protect the house for my children? You know, the average cost of a nursing home right now in New York City is sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars $17,000 a month. And if you don't plan in advance, you can easily be bankrupt to trying to pay those bills. So if you want to come over and talk about a plan to try, your, try to save your house from nursing home bills, give us a call at Connors and Sullivan. We'll try to do it where we avoid probate, pay the least amount of taxes we need to pay legally, and try to save your, your kids, make it easy for them that they get a tax free. And that's our job, to give you, you know, get the house to your kids without paying taxes, without going to court. And with saving it from nursing home bills. You don't want to come over here and work hard, coming from another country, and then all of a sudden have the tax man get your dough. Yeah. That is not the thing to do. Well, sometimes, you know, you, you're you not going to let the tax man take it. you got to give it to him by planning things wrong. Because there are more than a few people that just do the, the, the wrong things on some of these planning things, and they incur income taxes that very easily they did not have to incur. And I see that every week, a couple of times a week, somebody comes in, why did you do this? Well, I, I didn't want the, the house in my name alone. And so I put my daughter's name on it. And you just gave it to your daughter and then she passed away before you and you're in partnership with your son-in-law? No, do things right. Give us a call at Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We'll see you next week at the same time and places. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. Happy Independence Day, folks. Thanks so much for joining us. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.